0: yes yes it's january 10th 2023 it's the tim mckernan show from the home loan Expert.com studios my name is timothy michael mckernan sitting across from me is action jackson it's qfta this is my future know that i don't know if it is or not
1: <laughs> well i heard it and uh i'm along for the ride tim
0: thank you what do you want to do
1: yeah uh, you know see some sights enjoy mm. the
0: world I feel like Larry David. I'm kind of looking you up yeah, and right now. Yeah, you are. Right you are giving it to me. Going, okay, well, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want to do? Let's I just, say I shut it down. Uh-huh. Let's say I, well, actually, I think might be the theme of the podcast. Not me shutting it down, <laughs> but me recognizing finality because the gentleman who has sent in the death email uh-huh. has sent it in so many times, and it just so happens it ties in with a lot that has gone on lately. So I think I'm going to answer it, and then we can, I read that today on TMA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh the hell is it? Oh, I've gotten a lot of emails since he sent that. Um, but yeah, I do think about that. But I, I, if I could, if I could sit in Jupiter, Florida, and do what you and I do here, this show, mm-hmm. this show, this specific show, for two, three hours a day, interview people. Maybe one guest per show, one guest every other. Not, not a sports guest. I mean, some of them would be. Yeah. It just we, we would, we would have no lines to color inside of. Some would be porn, some would be politics, some would be sports, entertainment, musician, just somebody I find, fa- whatever the fuck it is, I sit in Jupiter, Florida, I do that once a day, it's on YouTube, it's on whatever social media, going on TikTok, which now that I am obsessed with TikTok, yep. my God, do I love it, and that's what I would do, and I'd be fine making shit, I don't even know, a quarter of what I make right now, and mm-hmm. living in Jupiter and doing that. How's that sound? Now, that's me, that's that's me. Mm-hmm. I am 22, 21, 22 years older than you. Yeah. So you have those What do you What do you say? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to be doing at 46? I wasn't planning on doing this, but now that I'm in this, I want to find out. What is your plan?
1: Yeah, you know, I wish I could give you a more concrete answer, and I probably should for terms of, like, you know, having long-term plans and goals. No, the,
0: the, the, You know what the answer is, Jackson? The uh-huh. answer is honesty.
1: Yeah, it's true. Honesty is the answer. And honestly... I don't know what I'll I'll be doing at that time. I know that I'm very happy with what I do now and where I live right now, and I want to continue to be happy. So the day that I stop being happy doing what I do is the day I'll consider doing something else. And that's kind of how I take life. There's too many variables in this life. I think sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes, to be planning so far ahead in the future because you can make that plan. Right. something pops up and that plan is out the window.
0: I agree. I agree with that. That's very astute. I would say one thing that I will disagree with, just coming from experience, and in a way, it's something that I'm experiencing now. Like if Anna Marie and I, and thank goodness it wound up happening, but we were not going to have kids, mm-hmm. not because of choice, because it couldn't happen. Right. Um, at least that's what we were told. And then Jameson came along naturally in 2017, and Aiden came along uh, in a commercial break. Uh, Conceived in a commercial break Right. in uh, I think that was May of 2021. We haven't been able to identify the specific day because we were banging commercial breaks constantly, which in hindsight is so fucking weird. Trust me, if you've been married 10 years and you're fucking in commercial breaks, that's not common. But anyway, re- that's what was going on.
1: I remember that segment when you said that, because we were playing Lizzie Hale, as you remember.
0: Um, I don't remember. I was conceiving children. <laughs>
1: right, that's right. Um, but Iggy was
0: just warbling to Lizzie Hale, which was always a treat. <laughs> but you guys didn't know I wasn't there because you couldn't see me. We didn't have the YouTube. I was exactly.
1: i KFNS. Days. we were still KFNS. So it was just, and uh, and along with the Lizzie Hale, it's just me and Iggy in that back room. And if I took my headphones <laughs> off, it would just be a grown man in the 60s screaming Lizzie Hale, which was always a treat. Um <laughs> And you came back, and you go, hey, how late was I? I was just having sex. And I was like, what? and I remember looking at Matt Rocchio, and Matt Rocchio was like, what was that? <laughs> and there was confusion, and you know, and then Iggy started laughing, and everyone was— yeah, I really did.
0: And the thing is, when we would go down there, Anna Marie's parents lived with us. So it's it's kind of aggressive, but I, I believe they would go out, you know, for—I think they might, might take our older son. Well, he was the only son at the time— And, I mean, people have sex. I I guess it's kind of uh, taboo, I suppose, to talk about it. But, you know, for our show's purposes, that's what I happen to be doing. It wasn't necessarily a brag. It's my wife. Right. You know, (laughs) nobody wants to hear about anybody and their, you know, wife having sex. Right. Now, if I said, man, I had this ridiculous, let's say I'm single, had this absurd threesome with this person, you know, and this person, you know, you'd be like, holy shit, I'm interested. If I said, oh, I had this threesome with my wife and this person, you know, you go, ah, I don't know if I really want to hear that. Right. Right? Am I right?
1: Yeah, it's, it becomes Like different. if you told
0: me, like if you were with somebody for a few years and all of a sudden you're telling me, I had this with a buddy, as a matter of fact, he started telling me about how, somebody I knew who he had been with for a couple of years and he started talking about how they started doing anal and I'm going, I got to tell you, I have, I have no interest in this. Right. Now, if this was somebody you met at the right. bar, I'm interested. It seems like something we need to psychologically evaluate as to why that's the case. But you agree with my premise.
1: Right. I think if I had to just on the surface figure out why that is, it's like someone that you're just like, oh, I met this girl last night. I don't have I I don't have a face to mm-hmm. it. I don't know a name. I don't know anything about their personality. It's just a it's just something. It's just an entity. But then when I get to know your significant other, and you know maybe have dinner with them with you know, a group of people and just hang out with them, then it starts becoming like their friends, and even closer than that if they're like a, a wife. It's like if you're a buddy, it's like almost family. You don't want to hear
0: about that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yes.
1: it's like putting a, a name and a face and a personality to it changes the elements of it.
0: So here is why me engaging in coitus got brought up on the program. If, if, if it were just me and Anna Marie, mm-hmm. just me and my wife, and we didn't have children, I may have already, I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't know if we would have moved, because I don't know, I don't know. But I might have already just gone out. I don't know. But bringing up your thing, which you just said, and you said, I will do this until I don't enjoy it anymore, what can happen... And it isn't, we'll be 25 in March, but it isn't something that happens at 24, but what can happen, I suppose, in in late 20s even, but early 30s, and certainly then beyond, is if you get in a spot where you're making a certain amount, Mm -hmm. where if you were to leave, you would then be cutting your household income, and that's where I'm going with this, household income, not just about you now. Assuming that you do marry and if you do have children, now you are not making decisions for yourself. Absolutely. And even if it was just me and Anna Marie, I can play a little more um, aggressively is the way I would describe it. I've said this before. It sounds ridiculous, but I am telling you, if me and my wife would have had children pre-2013... TMA is not around anymore. Mm-hmm. As, as, as strange as that cause and effect thing goes, I wouldn't have been in a position to take on risk. I wouldn't have been as comfortable. I suppose I could have done it, but I wouldn't have been as comfortable. Right. Um, and I would imagine a lot of you who are parents can understand what I'm talking about, especially if you have some semblance of business ownership or your own thing. And so it changes the game. And so then what winds up happening is you find yourself doing things, not necessarily that you hate, but managing your chip stack differently post-children. Sure. And that is one of those things, and I try, and I'd like to think I do this, but who knows, and I know you would never tell me if you disagreed anyway, but I try not to be the guy, wait till you have kids, oh, it goes so fast, that type of thing that you hear immediately, like you'll see people post on Facebook who I don't know, who just, like, for whatever reason want to shit on my life, on my Facebook page, it's one of the strangest things that goes on. But anyway, or talk about how hot my wife is, which was also fucking weird, but whatever, that... Oh, well, it goes so fast. Enjoy it. They'll be grown up. Oh, enjoy it now while they can't talk back to you. And I'm going, like, who are you, number one? <laughs> and why do you th- like, why? But whatever. It's fine. It's social media. It is what it is. But I never want to be that guy to you. Right. And, and the plow boy, I think, at some time here in the next couple of years, we'll probably have kids, I guess, uh, where I, like, talk from a, oh, I know something you don't know thing I want you to experience it on your own right. but I can tell you from my own and I can only speak to my own personal experience that the mindset changes so substantially once you have children not because of the way your life changes because it changes in incredible ways I'm so grateful that we were lucky enough because we didn't think we were, gonna, we were told by doctors we weren't going to be able to have kids uh, that we did and you then think differently you think differently about moves you make career-wise. And so, unfortunately, I think a lot of people who do have kids would say this, the priority isn't as idealistic, I guess. I suppose, and this isn't directed at you, because I was this way all the way up until, I mean, I was 40 when when my first son was born. Naive, I suppose, although it's beautiful naivete, it's beautiful ignorance of how things Change, not just financially, but just a different thought process from a responsibility standpoint. And you then put their needs ahead of your own, and you go, "Well, this is, you know, like, man, I want to, I, my wife and I want to live in Jupiter, Florida. Period. It's what we want." And and I have been very before we even came here. It was one of my conversations with Hubbard Management. It, you know, it, it's, it's 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 well known. Mm-hmm. And it's not anti-St. Louis, it's me having a fucking problem, it's my own problem, with not doing well with being inside for six or seven months. It just don't do well with it. Call right. it whatever you want. There's, what is it, seasonal anxiety or seasonal yeah, depression or something. something. Like it, it comes out to S-A-D, sad. Right, right. And, um, and And truly what I would say to people is this, it's a drug, And all the way up until 2018, I didn't know about the drug because I had never lived in Florida during spring training. I'd go down there for a a week and Mm -hmm. then you just come back. But once you're there and you go, oh, God, this is the way it is in the United States, not, you know, in a land far away, in the Eastern time zone, perfect for what we do. And I can do my job remotely and it really doesn't impact my job. And I can take clients down here and take listeners down here. Holy shit. Why don't we just live here. That's where I am mm-hmm. because in the winter I am looking for time to pass quickly and that is not the way to live life in my opinion. I'm not looking to heal the world or change anybody's mind here. I'm just telling you how my mind works and if you are looking for time to pass quickly like oh good it's already january 10th in two months it'll be march 10th and even though we're going to jerk ourselves off and say march is going to be great march is actually going to suck and april's probably going to suck and be wet and cold and then we're going to what the fuck's wrong with the weather except this is the way that it is every single year and then we get to may and then i go shit september's only four months away and then i do this whole thing over and over again and all of a sudden i'm 50 years old and i go what the fuck that's my mind now it may sound crazy to people because most of you have not taken the drug and I've taken the drug. And the drug that I have is that I can do my job remotely, number one, I know a lot of people can't, and I have lived in Florida for months at a time in January, February, and March, and seen how it's growing and how it's warm and how it's where me and my family are very happy. And there is my reasoning. It's not anti-St. Louis. If St. Louis had Florida's climate, it has. it's not anti-St. Louis, it's the climate. Can't stand it. And then the other thing that people don't realize about St. Louis when it comes to the heat, people go, well, you wouldn't like the heat in the summer. If have you, have you lived in St. Louis during the summer, <laughs> Yeah, I'd be out in the summer in Florida, and, and the people from the Northeast, many of whom reside in that area, would go, boy, you can't believe you're out here playing golf right now. I go, "What are you? T- it's like 92. Who gives a shit? Right. For those of us from St. Louis, it's a nothing. So that is my explanation as to why I think the way I think. How does that get us to where we are here? Well, it is this question, and it is some of these life experiences that I have recently had. That brings us to it. This gentleman by the name of Todd, I don't know if he wants his whole name in there, so I, out of respect, unless I know somebody wants me to use their name, I don't read their full name, has sent this email, Jackson. He started sending it May 11th, 2022, um, and has sent it, and I'm not saying this to mock him, but he sent it, I think, one, two, three, four, five, six times. <laughs> He has. Uh, And he sent it again this morning because I was saying, hey, Jackson and I are going to do QFTA, send your questions in. Right. And this is the question. Now, this might be morbid, but I'm not taking it necessarily down the death road so much as what I just talked about there on the front end, and then I talk with you about. And and if people, you know, have their own response to it, uh, please email me, tmccarnit at InsideSTL.com. Being in our 40s, we're entering an interesting chapter of our lives. For the most part, our 20s and 30s were full of weddings, children, and careers. As we enter our fifth decade, end-of-life decisions and death will start playing a more prominent role in replacing the joyous chapters in our 20s and 30s. Our friends will start developing debilitating diseases. Parents of our long-term friend, long-time friends will die. We will have difficult discussions and decisions with our own parents. Too often, we are not comfortable with death. Death is the last thing we want to discuss with our loved ones, as we cannot fathom the thought of them no longer being with us. Being an ICU nurse and working in the field, uh, it says field organ transplant, so I would imagine there was an of or something like that missing there. The objective idea of death is a part of my everyday lexicon. In my opinion, the more that we are comfortable contemplating and discussing death, the better that we will set ourselves up for our emotional success when end-of-life decisions and death are on our doorstep. Are you comfortable with death? Have you had preemptive end-of-life discussions with your folks? Does your lack of religious faith make death easier or more difficult to accept? I look forward to your thoughts. And he did write his whole name, Todd Bono, who I happen to—he's a couple years younger than me and is a St. Gabriel's guy. Um, So, Jackson, for me and for you, we both knew Jeff Burton, who passed away in August here at at Hubbard Radio. And I knew Jeff going back, I don't think it'd be 20 years, but 15-ish years. Um, And truly a wonderful, ridiculously quick-witted, absurdly likable, all the compliments you heard when he passed, uh, if you were at the pageant for that celebration of Jeff, uh, they're all accurate. They're not hyperbolic. It's the real thing. If you saw him in the hallway, he was going to make you laugh. And just like a, the ability yeah, for those crazy. of you who listen to TMA today and Martin Kilcoin was on, if I'm doing Mount Rushmore of Wit in St. Louis, Jeff Burton and Martin Kilcoin are on it for real. Who else is on that Mount Rushmore? Rich Gould. Boy, that's a nice play. God, and then where do we go?
1: Jay would have certainly been on that list, in my opinion. I feel like
0: Doug's got to be live, but I feel like Doug's is a different kind of.
1: It, yeah, it's different than the two, yeah. than Martin and, and Jeff. Um, Brad Thompson's hilarious. I think he's super witty. Um,
0: you get the idea. But right. for, for real, like Jeff Burton was there and Martin Kilcoin's there, and those are two that I just, they're undisputable yeah. and they're indisputable, 100%. And, and Rich Gould certainly. Um, point being. Um, Jeff loses his life in August. Now, on on that one, for those of us here, and I think those who listen to the Riz show, I think people had an idea that that was coming. I remember getting on the phone, or I was texting with Riz, and I was in Hilton Head, and that was July. And that was the day that Scott, Scott Rizzuto, Riz, had read the letter written by uh, Jeff's wife saying that he would not be Mm -hmm. in again. Which was informing the audience of something that I know that the guys on the show knew, but they had not shared with the audience. Which is what I thought I was going to be doing with Jay. And then it turns out, his longtime girlfriend Amy texted me that morning, the day Jay called in, and said he is going to be able to do it. And I am so grateful, not because I couldn't have read it. I could have read it, whatever. that, That wasn't like some big challenge. It wouldn't have been easy, but... You can kind of take your soul out of your body to perform the task and compartmentalize to do that. Um, but I'm glad the audience got to hear him Yeah, the last time. And then I'm glad because of that, the audience then sent as much love to Jay in the final week of his life. But that was sudden. That was me and you hosting Balloon Party, and I know I didn't say anything to you when it happened, um, out of respect for Jay wanting to keep it private, but on October 16th, just looking at my phone, he tells me he has cancer, and he's got a handful of months to live. I'm just like, hell, yeah. you hell? Know, and then it became a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then I had a friend of mine, uh, and I know some of my friends listen to this podcast uh, by the name of Leon Williams, who sold advertising at KFNS for my father, actually. So then that must have been, this is 2002, three, four range. Uh, and then also I played golf with regularly who truly was, it just so happens, um, because I'm so careful with this, like if somebody was kind of a dick or I didn't really like them, I'm not going to lavish praise on them. Now, I'm not going to take shots if they pass. Right. But, you know, that'll be your tell. That'll be your (laughs) Teddy KGB Oreo. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of, but I mean, it just so happens with these three guys, uh, and I don't think Jay would be the one to go, I I was the friendliest guy, but he was the best when it came to storytelling and being on the show, you know? Uh, he just had dealt with enough bullshit from radio that he was just so jaded to the whole fucking thing. That's why TMA worked so great for him because he wasn't really working for TMA. He could come in and basically be like, fuck off, this is great. I can fuck off. Um, And not have to worry about a GM or program director, firing him or fucking with his life. But uh, Leon was one of those guys, truly, who everyone loved. His funeral was this past Saturday. He died 44 years old. 44, 45. I think he's going to turn 45 in a week Mm. as you and I are sitting here. And he had a heart attack on December 30th. Oh, it's awful. And was gone on January 2nd, I believe. Um, and the church on Saturday, was there was not room. People were outside of the church. He just had that impact on people. And you combine that with all of the other things that have taken place... And my wife and I, are for the first time, are having the kind of conversation that Todd references in this email of, well, I guess we have to have a conversation about how... Now, we have a trust, and we've had a trust for a few years. Once you have a child, that's something that I would recommend setting up, not telling anybody what to do, but just my own little pro tip there. I didn't know anything about it. It's like 529. Do you know what a 529
1: is? Isn't that the trust you set for your college education? Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: But I had no. Well, it's, it's, it's an educational fund that's... It, pre-tax but I, I until my son was born I had never even heard of it yeah. you'll be in a good spot because you're working with Mark Hanna evergreen right. strategies 314-889-0503 go online at evergreenstl.com the great Mark Hanna your financial advisor will make sure you have that set up but uh, you know you have to answer questions like do you want to be cremated do you want to be buried you know mm-hmm. uh, how do you want to handle social media accounts mm. you can imagine where I am <laughs> on that uh, with uh, with my conversation with my wife Um, mine'll be at St. Gabriel's. That's just the way it is. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I wouldn't describe myself as really active. Uh, that is, that's my neighborhood. and always will be, even though I haven't lived there in a while. It's uh, what I, it's, that's, that's my place. And that's, that's where I believe so much stuff, uh, you know, that's where I I just hold in high esteem, my kind of people. And, uh, and so it forces you to then have these conversations, and, I, and I've said it, I know I've said it on this podcast so many times, I go, God, you know, in, tw- in 20, 20 years ago, I was 26, and that doesn't seem that long ago, and in 20 years, I'll be 66, and 66 seems really old. Right. But then to you, I would imagine 45, which is 20 years away for you, seems really old. And say say don't cause you don't have to worry about upsetting me? No, I, I know fuck.
1: it's because my parents. My parents. I my dad was forty five when I was when you were born, five also. years old, like well not even one or two years no. old. So I've had older parents my whole life, right? And my dad's still active at sixty nine. So like
0: your dad's sixty nine? Uh-huh. Holy shit! Yeah,
1: he's very runs every day. So wow, like, I, yeah, he is in great shape. So yeah, I view uh, like forty five isn't as old okay. as some people who might have younger parents.
0: I think a lot of it also is it well you well plowboy. Actually, brought this up with some of the sound stories we've done recently. Uh-huh. We've had a couple of people, dead serious, who are in their early 80s. Who I'm telling you, if you got to go, you got a hundred dollars on the line. You got you got one year either way on either side, and that, and if you get the age right, you win a hundred bucks. If not, you lose. I would have for real put them in their 60s, mm-hmm. and in both cases, they were still active with business. Yeah. Which I think there's something to that. Because yeah. my wife will look at some pictures of people I went to high school with or college, and she goes, "There's no way that person is." your age because they just look like the world has just, you know, chewed them up and spit them out. But I didn't have kids until a handful of years ago. And so I got to live a different kind of life. And now those guys who were going, holy shit, I'm 25 and I've got two kids. What the fuck just happened? They're done as far as having to deal with the first 18 or 22 years of, you know, dependence. Mm -hmm. But with, with what's happened with Leon, with Jay, with Jeff Burton in particular, um, all happening here in a matter of months, it 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 reforces, reinforces something that I actually now Todd's asking this question and I didn't answer just because the way I think I thought it was phrased was kind of morbid, but I talk with a gentleman who we haven't gotten into business yet, but we've talked about getting into business together, and he actually talks about it how for lack of a better term, we're comfortable with death, not necessarily in the, oh, I know what's going to happen. Some people think they do, and I hope they're right. You know, right. I have no clue. Right. Um, and I am pretty confident that I'm not alone there. I just don't act like I do and then try to get legislation passed because I think I do. Uh, nonetheless, digressing. Um, he goes. It's interesting. Some of some of the more success. This guy's an entrepreneur. He's already retired. He was in his thirties. God bless him. And he's like, yeah. There's uh, there are people who actually keep death clocks, all, like on their accounts. Hmm. Like if you're expected, which I think and I know some You your reaction is oh. My reaction is oh my god. I think that's brilliant. Really. Because it is a reminder. Like I check my accounts every day. Not because I'm like, oh, did we have a nice day yesterday? But I just want to make sure, okay, this is where it is, this is where it is, you know, with a variety of different things to make sure I'm monitoring for my family if every day. Because whether you're doing it with hours or you're doing it with days or you're doing it with years, it's a reminder that that no matter what, that one, doesn't matter how well you plant, that one is going to decrease. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is a reminder to make sure that you maximize You know, like what I would do differently if I were sitting there at 24. Now, of course, I would have the knowledge and experience that I have now. Mm -hmm. And then I would imagine at 66, I would say some things that I wish I would have done differently at 46. I think, I would assume, because you're always, at least I think, learning and open to learning. Definitely. So then I sit there and I go, God, if I were to just go, okay, I'm done. I think people look at me like I'm fucking crazy. I'm done. I'm moving to Jupiter I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I just don't want to sit inside and count the days until, you know, May 1st and then start fearing when October 1st rolls around. It's not the way I want to live. I love it there. My wife loves it there. We have to make a decision soon on our children because we're not going to be pulling them out of school. At least that's not what we want to do to move in the middle of their education, so that's why I feel a little urgency. And this is what we want to do. And we already had thought that. And now Jeff Burton, Jay Randolph Jr., and Leon Williams have all passed away in the last four or five months. And even though I'm going, okay, I might have 25, 30 years left, look what just happened. One guy was in, two guys were in their 50s, one guy was in their 40s, and they're gone. And so I might be uncomfortably comfortable with death uncomfortably comfortable with discussing death but i actually think for me don't want to speak for anybody else for me it is healthy to talk about for example i talk about it which might sound fucking crazy but i told my son because my son would be occasionally around leon said leon passed away you know and showed him pictures and you know i mean so people oh i don't know if that's right to do with a a five-year-old that's fine then don't do it with your five-year-old But from my standpoint, oftentimes, I think the reason why I am so batshit about sex and so perhaps comfortable to make it uncomfortable for other people in talking about sex uh, is because it was so uncomfortable around my house growing up to talk about it. And so this is my overcorrection. Sure. This is my, you know, fist in the air. Right. What this That that was bullshit dogma, Mm -hmm. so this is what I really think, and I think it's comfortable. And I think we have systems in place, whether it be religion, monogamy, whatever dogma you would want to come up with that are actually anti-human nature that then lead to all kinds of problems, whether it be wars with religion or divorces with relationships that then have impact on people's lives, but we can't talk about them because then you are quote-unquote not normal well I don't want to be normal and I'm quite certain I'm not anyway not necessarily from a a being standpoint but from the way that I think and so when it comes to death it's coming and to act like it's not would be disingenuous what breaks my heart when I think about Leon is he has a 12 year old son Hmm. and an 8 year old daughter that was the part at the funeral when they walked past, and I, saw, I just that just yeah, ah crushes you. With Jay, when you heard Jay on the radio, um, and I visited Jay two days before he passed, and he wasn't the same guy. I mean, he wasn't. I visited him, but I mean, that was and he was able to talk, but not. You know, he was he wasn't the same guy, um, and it all happened obviously very quickly. Jay was at peace. He truly was that wasn't a that wasn't an act what you heard from him and I think a part of that was his children had had grown up and he was grateful for not only the fact that he had been able to raise his children and he had um, gotten closer with his son in particular Jennings the fourth but that he had also had this incredible life and so for me, to be real candid, because it's morbid, because it's like my, my kids would listen to this. My kids will be listening to this if something were to happen here in the near future. I have an incredible amount of gratitude for what we, you have been a part of it for two years, but for what we have been able to do with this. And there are, I, I don't want to say there are any regrets because there are absolute regrets, but at the same time, the adversity, and candidly, the living hell that we went through at times, and it was a living hell. You think you know. Martin gave you a little appetizer this morning. You still have no clue, cause Martin wasn't living that You know, Rocchio, who lived it, came up to me, he goes, oh, my God, I just listened to the Martin segment. That was great. He goes, the thing is, I know Martin doesn't know even, like, half the stuff that you know, because you were, I go, I know. And people still think this guy was the bad guy, and this guy wasn't the bad guy. I'm going, you have n-. It was a living hell. It was mm-hmm. a living hell. And then there was a living hell before that, and there was a living hell before that, and there was a living hell before that. But then, because now we are working with really quality people, who, by the way, may inevitably have to fire me, but it doesn't make them bad people. That's business, right? you know? That's business. It becomes math that in this moment, I want to make sure I convey, and I know I'm, I know you would say the same thing, and I'm off on a fucking tangent here, but it's, it's raw emotionally because of all of these passings. Uh, and this email wants to talk about it, so I'll talk about it, that in the moment, what we are experiencing is finally the payoff for the hell that a bunch of people went through, a bunch of people who, some of whom are not on the show anymore. You know, Jim Hayes went through hell, mm-hmm. not on the show anymore. Uh, Producer Joe went through hell. John Seymour went through hell. Pete Eichels went through hell. number of board operators went through hell. And, and, and in some cases, it wasn't as rough as some of the, the other circumstances, but it was rough. And then, so you sit there when this is going on, and I saw Scott Van Pelt say this to Kirby Smart last night. Are you going to enjoy this? Because last year after you beat, uh, what, they beat Alabama, right? Yeah. Uh, you were right back at work the next day. And Scott Van Pelt said, I, I heard somebody say, if, if you don't enjoy the view, then what's the point of making the climb? And so I want to make sure while this is going on, because inevitably it will change, and I don't know when it will happen, but when this is going on, I want to make sure that to our audience, to the guys I work with, to my wife, if my children are old enough to understand it, to appreciate the caliber of people with whom we are working, not just on air, all over the place, behind the scenes, sales, management, because it is, in my I mean from my life experience, it has been so rare yeah. that this is... So pleasant that it's been so rare, which then makes it even tougher to go, God, I just kind of at times want to go, I've loved it, but if I can't do it from Jupiter, then I'm good just kind of tipping my cap and going, yeah, that's more important to me. I'm a better husband and father when I'm in Jupiter, Florida. And what else is more important than that? All right, we got to have an honesty and media moment here. Yeah. People are going to be like, what the fuck? So I'm in the middle of... Of saying all that I'm saying right here. And by the way, is this is this dark for you?
1: Uh, yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah, I think anytime you're dealing with this this topic, it's going to be a little dark. Okay. But all I'm, right. you know, I'm pale. I live in the dark.
0: Nice. Uh, Jackson had to take a phone call. And I'm glad that it was a phone call because as I am like pouring my heart out here, you start looking down at your phone as if I don't notice every fucking artery or vein pumping you know, for my trained eyes sitting at poker tables for 14 hours at a time. And I'm going, my God, I'm pouring my heart out to this motherfucker and I'm about to go over there. But it was sound story guest waiting in the lobby and you had to take the call. I did. Because I'm like, if this guy's like plow hawking and iggying <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> midsummer I'll be like, Jackson and who I thought he was. No. So you had to take the call. So that is why we now have this awkward edit. But it's honesty in media.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, hey, well, listen. That's uh, that's sometimes the business, and you know, they take a phone call. I had to take a phone call. That's and we right. Got it done. So all is
0: good. So I so, you know, and, I, and then we pause, and then I had to I had to make a phone call. Jackson's back. I use the little wizard's room. See Moon from the Riz show. Yep. Uh, see one of the promotions people. Start bullshitting with them. So I'm back in here. Here's the thing. Everything I'm saying, I mean. So it's not like I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad Jackson had to take a phone call because that pulled me out. I've been. Th- this is easy for me to spit because it's what i've been thinking for a long time especially it was already kind of that way and then then you have leon pass and i realize to the audience people know jeff burton they know jay randolph jr because he was a private citizen relative to not being on the radio in st louis uh you know but i lost another friend and it's just bang 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 and you're going holy shit And so when Todd Bono sends in this email, which he has wanted me to discuss, you know, six times about death, I'm like, yeah, today is probably the day. Because I was thinking about talking about it, not that email, but I was thinking about talking about it because it's been on my mind and it's been on my wife's mind. Oh, God, no, I'm going to start forgetting. But um, it it just drives it home and it makes me go, fuck, I don't I don't know. I don't I I don't because I'm sitting here going, okay, we got a nice situation here, but I feel like I could be happier there. Yeah. But then I in order to do that, I would have to leave the situation here, at least as things are currently set up. And even if even if they said, Okay, you can go ahead and, and move down there, it still changes the dynamics of not just because I did the show for six months from there. Um and what, January 21, December 21 to June of 21, right? But then the dynamic, I'd, I'd fly back and forth, I would imagine. That's what I would do. And anyway, it's not like we're on the verge of doing this to be crystal clear. Um, but I think what happens is there are people operate on the premise that, well, I'll work until X and then I will enjoy... And what has happened here over the last five months has driven home what I think is a great lesson. Is it dark? Perhaps. But I think it's healthy to discuss as opposed to internalize it all, which is there is no guarantee that I get to whatever age it is. And it's just something that I have to come to terms with. I know when I went back and forth on leaving KMOV in 2005, it owned me for months leading into that decision. And the reason was not because I enjoyed the job or I even made that much money, but because from 1997 or eight all the way until that day, It was what I thought was my dream job. And now at twenty-seven, eight years old, whatever it was, I'm leaving my dream job. And then you go, well, then if there isn't that to shoot for, then what am I going to be shooting for? But for a variety of reasons, I wanted to leave. And I remember my dad telling me, Timmy, don't leave. Can't do that because he looked at radio. Now he acknowledges now I was right. TV stable radio and he's like here's a guy who was general salesman radio you know it's a shitty deal and I'm going TV is dying and I you know, I'm not I'm not spiking the football to me it was obvious it's not it's not some wizard like thing but local TV news was dying it was obvious and I felt like we had something and I didn't want to work seven days a week but I feared I didn't fear leaving KMOV I feared regretting Leaving Camo v. and I think there's a difference, and so that is what I am. What's in my mind now, because of what has happened with Jeff Burton, J. Randolph Jr., and Leon Williams, that is that's what's in my on my mind. And so, when somebody sends an email wanting to talk about death, fine, I'll talk about it because it has been on my mind. To talk about it before, it would have been artificial surface level shit. So this is going into the weeds on it, because I am thinking about it. And I think about my sons and that's the part, that's the part that that's what, that's what's everything. If it was just me and my wife, you know, there'd be a line around the block if I'm gone, you know, she'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, but I think about my boys, that's what I think about. Right. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to just, just. Dismiss, you know, leaving, you know, my wife. Because I mean that we've had that, we had that conversation. My God, she goes, please don't leave me. Not like in a marital word, but like because we just saw what had happened, mm-hmm. and of course it's not under anybody's control. Right. But holy shit, it just it's so. You know, I text with Amy Jay's longtime girlfriend, and what happens with this, and I bet a lot of you can relate to this, is there is this rush. Of perhaps almost too much support, if there can be such a thing, immediately. What can I do? Let me know if I can do anything. Let me do anything. Then there's the the wake. Then there's the funeral. Then there's the post funeral, whatever. And then there's the silence, and that's the toughest time. Now I haven't lived it, but I've seen it. I've heard Amy, my communication with Amy, talking about it. But it's not. You know, I remember seeing it with my mom when her mom died. Um, and so it's like, okay, I gotta make sure I'm, I'm there for, for Amy is a member of the TMA family does not stop when we handed her the Jay Randolph Jr. good guy award. My responsibility is to make sure I am texting with Amy as often as possible still, because I know that the rush of support, nobody's doing anything wrong. It's human nature. It starts to fade away. And so... I think about all of these things when I saw Leon's wife on Saturday with two kids, and it's just, it's so raw right now because of everything that has happened. So I think talking about it is healthy. I think not talking about it is... I suppose it's it's a pleasant it's a, it's a more pleasant way to go. It's kind of like being religious and believing that you're going somewhere afterwards. What a wonderful way to! If you truly, truly, truly believe it, my goodness, I'm 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 truly envious of that. Mm-hmm. I'm envious of that. I don't feel that way. I think it's the Sopranos. I think it goes black. That's where I am. So uh, yeah, if I go, you know this is what I think so we're (laughs) we're, we're on the record in case somebody tells you that I think otherwise this is what I think (laughs) and maybe that'll change over the next uh, few years or decades but this is where I am but I know plenty of people don't think that way and good for them again I'm just not trying to legislate your life by electing people who think the way I do to Congress or Senate or president that's the difference between me and many of the people who see it the other way for whatever particular reason that has gone on recently uh, so, Jackson, uh, Todd, you wanted an answer. You probably got way more than you bargained for, but that's where I am. What do you think, Jackson? Now you're going to you really go honest to your media here. Lay into me. Lay into me.
1: Yeah, I think I acknowledge that it is healthy to talk about stuff like this. And I can also acknowledge that I don't like talking about it. I think there's, you know, that's the, the dichotomy for me is like, you know, I understand that we all die. I understand that one day my parents will die, all my friends, myself, everyone I know. That's just how the life cycle works, and it's extremely natural. I just don't like talking about it because, and I've talked about this before. But death is an infinite thing. You're dead. Once you're dead, you are dead. There's uh, until they invent technology
0: to bring you back. What's your afterlife opinion?
1: I think it probably is like the Sopranos, where it just goes black. But I like to think. I like to think that there is something more. That that moment, that last moment of your existence when all the, what the chemical's called, and people use it outside of that, but the chemical releases DMT in your brain and makes things slow down. That's what people say, like, your life flashes before your eyes. Uh, I think, I like to think that that goes on forever, that feeling goes on forever, and that, you know, your consciousness lives on. Um, while I probably acknowledge it's not what's going to happen, I like to think of it that way. It makes it easier to digest it all. And uh, I don't like to think about it just because, i was talking about this before, like death is so infinite. It's infinite. You are dead, you are dead. Our minds work finite. Our, our minds are finite. We can think about things to a certain extent. We don't really understand infinity. We don't understand right. what the rest of existence is like.
0: My son asked me the other day, what's the last number? I said, do you know what the last letter is? And he goes, Z. I go, no, not bad. I'm a little surprised <laughs> very, by that. Very good. Uh, and he goes, what's the last number? I said, it's infinity. He goes, what's infinity? I go, fuck, I got to pack a lunch for this now. Right. I never and I agree I can I can I I can't understand it and here I'm trying to explain it to a 5 year old Exactly we
1: can't understand infinity we can't understand forever and so to spend time or think about it to an extent to me at least feels like futile like it feels futile for me to try to understand death so I I'd rather just not Talk about un- acknowledging that it's going to happen, acknowledging it's probably healthier to talk about it and and to be more open. about it. But I think
0: I, when you say that, I think I think it's, for me it is. But that's how I am. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, who do we consider to be like the happiest person going I don't know, for whatever reason? Randy Character. Right? I don't necessarily <laughs> but That's who popped into my mind. It's right. like Dan Aykroyd with the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That's who popped in my mind. <laughs> I had to go with it. Yeah. Like Randy Character doing a podcast talking about death would be like people go what the fuck happened to Randy? Mm-hmm. People tune in and hear me doing it and go, well, there he is. <laughs> you know, what so what else would he be talking about? But that that's you know, it, it, so you, um, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if you're closer to me or to Randy Character. I'm talking not like closer, but like in behavioral. Uh-huh. But it's just it, it might not be who you are. But uh-huh. this this gentleman I'm talking to, and we were talking about the death clock. I think maybe he was talking about Tim Ferriss has it. Not yeah. the death clock, but go ahead. The
1: death clock thing is kind of what I was alluding okay. to. Like, I think your reasoning behind, and the person who explained it to you, the reasoning behind it, I think makes sense. I just wouldn't want to ever have
0: that. So it, the reason we got on it is he was telling me there's this service. He's down in, in the, on the Atlantic coast of Florida. That's where he lives, and he goes, hey, if you're interested, I just did this thing and it's starting up, and you can go in and you can get a scan of everything, and it's it's either preemptive, preventative, depends on if it's too far, to, and they will check for everything. It's not covered by insurance yet, it's brand new, and it costs this much money, and you know, I know you always want to get down here, so it could be an excuse to go down here for the weekend and get this process done. And he goes, interesting, I was telling my, I don't know who he said, his brother, his friend, and he goes, my brother, we'll just say it was his brother, said, I wouldn't want to know if I had something, you know? It's mm-hmm. like going to the Mayo Clinic and finding out if you have, right. you know, something. Some people just wouldn't want to, it, it, it just depends. My mom, I believe, so, I still haven't done a sound story with my mom. And I think one of the reasons is is because she, and, I, and I've been trying to get it with uh, some of my wife's family members as well, I've already interviewed her parents, but some of her dad's uh, family members, uh, that if people associate it with a morbid thing, which honestly it never it never crossed my mind. Now when we started it, we started at the end of 2019 and then COVID happened in March 2020. And I'm like, we just need to put this thing in the corner because mm-hmm. I cannot talk about it now because it would sound like it's an opportunistic thing and it would be grotesque to market it at this particular moment where older people are dying mm-hmm. from COVID. The the truth is as we know is my first one was November 2019. We didn't even know what the fuck COVID was. Right. But still, you're aware. You read the room, so to speak, and you go, "Okay, sound story is on the shelves." And I didn't do another one in person. I think until like August of 2021.
1: Yeah, I remember like the, like, the okay. first kind of one. Whenever it was like kind of when you came back from Florida.
0: Right. Yeah, because I was gone for for those six months. So for some people, it's just morbid and uncomfortable. I bet for some people, they're just going to go, oh, fuck this podcast. I don't want to sure. go into this one. But it, ha- it just so have Todd resent that email, which he has sent multiple times. So Todd, I'm acknowledging I got it, but I get a bunch of QFTA emails and I don't read them all. He just is the only one who just kept resending the same thing. And I'm just like, it's going to be morbid. And on top of that, I'm going to give you like, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not – the religion thing—I know I alienate people, even though I'm not saying, "Hey, why do you believe in God?" I'm just saying this is how I feel. I wish I am envious of those with faith, not this American version of Christianity to justify greed. That is somehow because I read the New Testament quite often, going to Jesuit s- schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- what I read and what is now being preached as Christianity are two totally different things. I have no idea what the fuck this is, but I guess it's just a way to just justify fucking people around. Um, but like real Christianity, as in what the teachings of the, the literature are, uh, I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I necessarily buy in. Right. But I welcome one to buy in. You're Jewish. If you're into it, God bless. And I'm agnostic. God bless. I, but if anything, I envy those who truly, truly have faith. My mom has incredible faith. My dad has faith. He really does. My parents, uh, my, my, my in-laws, I'm sorry, have it. And I'm envious of that. I don't have it. And I know for whatever reason, uh, it's th- th- those who are passionate about it, not all, um, don't like when somebody like me talks about not sharing it. But I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying this is where I am. And also, I would love to get there, but this is where I am. I don't know what to tell you. So I didn't want to focus necessarily on religion. Here are my firsthand life experiences. They've been recent. You know of two of the people, most likely, with Jeff Burton and Jay Randolph Jr., and another one just happened over the holiday break, and that one was um, incredibly powerful because Jeff's, unfortunately, was likely for a while. Jay's was sudden, but Jay was at peace, and Jay's children were grown. Leon, younger than me, albeit just by a year, um, and I know his, his family's been at my house and just playing catch with his son at my house last year. You know, I mean, it is, it is raw. (laughs) It is raw, especially when every so often I sit there and I go, God, I'm like choosing career over happiness. And it's so fucking hypocritical. And am I going to regret that? See what I'm saying? That's why I tie it back to the KMOV thing. Like it would, be, would people would go. But it's a different deal because when I left KMOV, there was not a a wife and two sons. So you can't go apples to apples. Right. So that's how I approach Todd's very fair question that I just really didn't want to touch on because I didn't really have a passionate feeling on. it. But because of everything that's happened, this is where I am. And maybe people like to listen to it. Maybe people are telling me to go fuck myself because I want to move from St. Louis. I don't know but it's not anti-St. Louis, it's anti-St. Louis weather. It'd be anti-Kansas City weather, right? It'd be be anti-Nashville weather. See what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. anti-Chicago weather. Yeah,
1: anything basically north of the Mason Dixon line, it's going to be cold in the winter. Yeah,
0: but but even like like my parents have been going to Hilton Head since they got married in '74. I mean, they've been going; that's where they honeymooned when it was like nothing.
1: Gets a little chilly in the winter.
0: That's what I was just about to say. Yeah,
1: I've been there. Timmy, come on down. He goes, you know, you can't
0: go on the, you know, you go golf. It's going to be a little cold. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. And then you just go down like about five hours. And it's 70 degrees. 75 degrees with no humidity no in ridiculous restaurants and bars. And contrary to what people think, not like, don't get me wrong, it's not like it's, you know, Lincoln Park in Chicago, but there are a larger number of young people there. Yeah. And we're just happy there. And if somebody's happy, like at the Lake of the Ozarks, not my thing, but I know plenty of people love it. Well, nobody goes, Tim, you got to go. They just go, we like it. And I go, God bless. Not my thing. I like Jupiter. Not your thing. Great. And if you want to say it's too hot there, it's fine. You probably really haven't been there in the in the summer, but it's, if that's the way you can tell yourself that I shouldn't go there, whatever works. Are there, are there hurricanes? Because that really is a real thing with insurance going up down there. But for me and for my wife, I see pictures of that place and it, and it feels like home. And I have a tough time. It's like if I have like a girlfriend I miss, that's when I see that I'm like, oh. and like my heart like does something. Yeah. And I'm going, what the fuck am I doing? So that's a tough thing. And how it ties into this is I go, okay, I'm on the clock. And I might be talking about it more than the average 46-year-old, but because of what has taken place, it is on my mind. And um, I don't know. Maybe this resonates with people. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know, Jackson.
1: I think I think anytime, th- this topic is always interesting because everybody, I think, thinks about it relatively differently. Some people, more like me, probably just don't want to think about it. Other people want to think about it more because, you know, for whatever reason. I just, I think it's interesting because, you know, it's something that happens to everybody. Everyone eventually passes away. Everyone eventually. And then the cycle continues. And it's kind of, you know, what do you want to accomplish in your life? What do you want to do in your life before the buzzer sounds, right. in a sense? And you can try to control everything. But like you said, a family comes along. Then you have to manage yourselves right, differently it changes the game yeah That's and so thing, many variables man. change I mean variables change year by year month by month day by day so well I think uh, it's just I think it's a very interesting topic due to the way that things change and the way that people perceive their own mortality mm-hmm. I think it's all like so relative too, and I don't think that there's an unhealthy or healthy way to go about it. I think it it's—I
0: it's, truly think it's a case by case. I'm living it with my parents. My mom, I feel like just under no circumstances wants to talk about it. Okay, my dad, I—I I, I almost don't. If I'm over there, sometimes Jameson will be playing around in the basement with my mom, and then me and my dad will step football and we're just bullshit. And my god, that should be a podcast. Uh, Timmy, I'm telling you, <laughs> if something happens to me, make sure you pull the plug. I don't want to be sitting there doing that shit. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's my dad, yeah. you know, and he goes, I'm on the back nine. I work my ass off. I just want to sit there at Hilton Head and look out at the golf course and feel like it was all worth something. And I go, God, I totally get it. And when he said, I think it was last year, cause he's obviously losing some friends. He's 75 now. Yeah. he will be 76 this year. Uh, and he, he said, you know, the shame of it is, I think one of his friends who was a little younger passed away. He goes, you work your ass off to get to this point where you can enjoy things, and then oftentimes you can't enjoy them for health reasons or you pass away. And that hit me, just like these passings this year. And to me, it's like this stuff, like some people feel with religion. To me, to me, this is undeniable. To me, this is undeniable. These are facts, whether one is religious or not. These are facts. And I don't know how one can't think that way, but again, I recognize A, I have young children, and B, um, I took the drug. I didn't know I was taking the drug. I wish I would have never gone down to Jupiter, Florida in the winter. Wish I would have never done it. Like like we used to go down there for a week to do TMA from the picnic bench. But that was the drug. And once you take a taste of it, I've never been addicted to anything in my life somehow. I have no idea how. I'm lucky, because I would smoke when I would drink, but I wouldn't smoke when I was just like hanging out. Never, you know? Like the idea of a cigarette now grosses me out. Booze, drugs, gambling. I don't know what else people get addicted to you hit pretty much all the big ones somehow you know but this one I am and I hate it you know I don't want to say I'm addicted to it but I'm like okay there's something there's a part of me missing and I hate counting days like just wanting to get through them because that's not living Mm -hmm. that's not living and that's why it strikes me I'm going okay shit my buddy just passed away Jay just passed away Burton just passed away holy shit you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, there it is. Uh, I've, I've, I've got a bunch more, too. Fuck, I'll go ahead and do it. All right, yeah, Martin, this is where I'm... You got to experience Martin Kilcoin. I've said it on the podcast before. I hesitate to say it because it's it becomes a... It becomes a compare and contrast, and then people, you know, whoever's not around, you want to, you want to be glorified. Leave TMA. <laughs> yeah. You you want to you want to have your legacy all of a sudden be much greater than you actually are. Don't be on the show anymore. Uh, it's a, it's a phenomenon. With that all, with that all, because right now the show sucks. Right now, I've been reading that the show sucks for nineteen <laughs> fucking years. Now, with that said, uh, I have said. That for my money, which is not a shot at anyone, to be crystal clear, Martin Kilcoin is the most talented person. If you're going, if you're checking off all of the tools, who I have worked with, and I'm including, by the way, Artie Lang. You know, so I'm going. I'm talking about anybody I have done a show with. You know, wasn't just like in like Kevin and dropping by for a sure, hit, like sure. sitting and doing a show with and getting to know off the air and so on and so forth. Uh, Martin's wit is as quick as Artie's. For real? I mean, I, I'd sit there and just go. i am be in awe of it. Yeah. And the cat could could fire yeah. quickly. What Separate and Doug, to me, people will say, Doug is the funniest motherfucker. Doug's sense of humor, as we were just talking about, is different, though, than Martin's. Right, right. And I don't know how to describe it. I've obviously worked with both, but they're different. But both crack me up. Oh, yeah. Like, Doug's, however, is like... It's so dry that I can I I usually don't break. Martin comes in and it's like I'm riding a sibian
1: <laughs>
0: and I'm bouncing all over the place. Yeah. And I think it's because he's so cutting. Martin's like a roast master. Yeah. But if Doug were roasting somebody, it wouldn't work. Doug's and more folksy. Guys that, f- I mean, that's what it is. I can't figure it out. Very so that folksy. gets to the, this question that I, I, I started a QFTA thread on the TMA fan page and Hall of Famer for QFTA, Timmy Recaps, poses this question. And I, I this is where I was starting off the podcast. And then, of course, we went into death.
1: <laughs>
0: Just fucking cut up the Adderall and let's go. Is it therapeutic, triggering, or a little bit of both? Having people like Martin pop in to share old war stories that you'd forgotten or had erred on the side of professional caution and not telling? seems so silly, but seeing as how invested your listener base is, segments like the one you had this morning are absolutely electric. It truly feels like you guys are having an off-the-record conversation while allowing the listeners to eavesdrop. Do you fear backlash or criticism sharing that stuff? Is there any sort of omerita or sense of loyalty to local media not sharing some of those stories on air? Do you feel a bond with the people that went through that stuff with you? Those behind-the-scenes stories and insights are baffling, shocking, hilarious, and sad all at the same time. That segment today was downright hilarious. Uh, so a the lot there, which is why uh, Timmy Recaps is a Hall of Famer for QFTA. Before I go into those, you're—because that was the first time you—is that the first time you met, Martin? Yes. Okay, what did you think?
1: You, just like you said, like, it, 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 I had the same feeling when we had Rich Gould on uh, last year, or 2021, sometime. We had Rich Gould on, we were at KFNS— and it was like we were doing 30 minutes with a comedian. And that's what I felt like when Martin yeah. came in. Just like immediately, like from the second he walked in, cracking wise and being like, like you said, like cutting is a really good word because it's...
0: And it's so quick. And some of it you had to really be paying attention which to, is right which is kind of like, up. yeah, like the Larry Sanders show. Like that's why it wasn't a show for the dumbs. Right. You know, you had to catch it.
1: You have to catch the little which things. Which was so great.
0: Yeah. The, so here is, I guess I'm trying to give you why, I, why Martin for me is... I, I put him in a in a category of for real. He, he is Straussian, Joe Strauss. Joe Straussian in his credible descent. Mm-hmm. And Martin uh when we had the memorial service for for Joe Strauss, he he spoke. And I remember I was I don't know what you would call it, whoever handles a situ- master of ceremonies for the memorial service. And I remember looking at the cat when Martin got done doing it. And I said, because the cat and I would usually joke about it. And I said, Martin really is the best the cat, even though there's like, a, you know, however many people in the church, uh, because we had both said it so many times. He right. really is the best. But when I say that, that isn't like a shot at take your pick of whomever, because he is willing to be critical of local organizations which is so rare strauss was but god love strauss strauss didn't also have like the rich gould right so martin is like strauss and rich gould right combined yeah and Artie lang i mean with the quickness of the way i mean he's just he's he's just so good and it's in a way it's a shame that uh what happened with the morning grind and Barrett as Martin told his side of the story which matches up with my side of the story Mm -hmm. because it is the truth so it's not really tough to tell the story (laughs) of that day in the vault at KFNS when he quit the show but then Martin himself goes the thing is the show's better now that I'm not on it and and I don't don't know it's it's totally different I mean Martin was the point guy Doug wasn't on it and so they have this revisionist history of the way, like, apparently the show was the second coming of the Stern show all the way up until recently. And then, like, in a couple of years when somebody's not on the show anymore, the 2022-2023 TMA was the greatest show ever and we missed that. It's, it's a cycle because I've lived this since 2004. When Martin left the show, though, I can tell you this, and that was October of 2006, the cat's like, well, that's it. That's the end of the show. And The Cat Knight is different on that. I didn't believe that. Now, that is, to be clear, that is not... I just fucking said, Martin is, from my standpoint, the most talented person I have worked with. When you include, like, the the willingness, because everybody's got the ability, but you got to have the willingness to be critical. you got to have the willingness, because that takes some balls. Uh, and then the talent, the natural talent with the, the cutting edge, and then also you have to be talented as a broadcaster just to be able to convey thought. Um, I didn't believe that was the case. And then when Doug came in and auditioned in... November of 2006 I remember going to the cat I go shit there's the guy that's it there there really isn't much I mean they have other people coming in and auditioning but I mean that's it that's the best the show has been and that was what the show was going to be and Jason Barrett I don't know if he tells a different version of this this isn't personal it's just the truth you know don't get me wrong I got plenty of things I wish I wouldn't have done in my life Um, I think there's been some revision as to what really happened but he he was trying to keep the cat that's that is something that Jason and Jason has proven that to me, and I don't really have any ill will against Jason Barrett at all. Actually, I, when he was here, I walked up to him right away and shook his hand and said hello. Uh, his list of shows I don't buy into, but that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, and we might be on it this year. And I still to say this <laughs> <laughs> doesn't doesn't change doesn't change it. Right. Uh, and if anybody wants to trade their public numbers on revenue and downloads, I'll be more than happy to trace Cox, uh, <laughs> and we'll see where the rankings really are. But with that all said. Uh, uh, he met with me and said, all right, the cat's out. And I go, I'm going, I thought we were, I was a meeting here to bring Doug Vaughn on the show. We're Jay Bucks and Clayton. That's where we're meeting. And I'm bringing in a guy named Bob Fesco. And I go, who in the fuck's Bob Fesco? Nothing against Bob Fesco, but who's Bob Fesco? Right. I've been working and like bleeding with these guys, not just Martin and the cat, but also producer Joe. And now they're all gone in a matter of four months. And now you're bringing on a guy I've never heard of. Who a little because I, I wasn't even thinking about Fesco at the time. I'm going, this. I look back on it. He was doomed no matter right, what.
1: Right. Right. It was. Yeah. He was in a bad spot.
0: It's kind of like whoever replaces Dan McLaughlin on the broadcast. I'm like, this poor motherfucker right. is going to have a, quite a situation. It's going to be brutal. And so I'm going, what in the world are we doing? And we were walking out, and Jason goes, Well, if this doesn't work out, it's going to be on me. And we were walking to the parking lot. I, I'll put my memory up against anybody's. That's what he said. So when it didn't work out, the, the move was to then blame me. That's what wound up happening. Whatever. Fine. Obviously, things have worked out. But that's what really happened. It didn't work out, though, not because of Bob specifically. It wouldn't have worked out if it was just me and Jim Hayes. Mm-hmm. The show needs the group. I know how to cook the meal because I gave birth to the baby. So I know the program. And so when you start fucking with my baby, you know, you got to kind of butt out. Right. And so with this... It was, it was a disaster, and so, yeah, they're, they're, you know, he asked, is it therapeutic triggering or a little bit of both? I've lived it, and it's been rough. I was on the phone the night with the cat that he got fired. I was crying. I wasn't bawling, but I'm like, because I had to call Jim Hayes to tell him he was getting fired because Jason wouldn't do it. Now, I, Jason wouldn't do it not because he was a bad guy, But the way that people are usually fired, probably for HR reasons, is in person with an HR person present. And he was telling me, kind of like, hey, we'll be in the trust tree, that after the show tomorrow, I'm going to part ways with Jim Hayes. And I'm going, the way I look at it, we've bled together. I'm not going to sit across from the man knowing you're going to pop him after the show and act like everything's cool and then go and then have to like act like I didn't know after the show. It's just dishonest. Right. So either he finds out from from you tonight or from me tonight. That's not heroic. That, to me, is just human. And so I wound up having to be the one that Jim Hayes—tell Jim Hayes he was getting fired. Uh... Yeah, that was that was not pleasant. Right. Forget the fact that then I'm working with somebody a week or two later when Bob started who I had who hadn't met up until like three or four days before we started the show. And we just didn't have the chemistry. There are people this this hallway that I'm looking out on right now. I see the 106.5 uh, studio and the kc 95 studio, which is right next to the 101. There are plenty of people here who I truly. Li- I mean, there isn't anybody here. We don't like uh-huh. actually true. who I couldn't do a radio show with. Right. But that doesn't make me bad or them bad or whatever. It's just, there's, chemi- there's chemistry. Yeah.
1: yeah, and you can't just create chemistry that 100%. Air.
0: So when you have it, you seize it and you hold on to it with everything you got, which is why we've done it for so long. So what people heard today from Martin, whether it be about that or certainly about the last five years at KFNS... They're like, oh my God! I saw Carlos Spicy Winner, who's also HOF. Go, Tim! I think you can write the book now. Martin just told everything. I go, I'm read. I read that, and I go, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Martin just wrote the preface. <laughs> yeah, for
1: real. <laughs> you have,
0: you have no idea. <laughs>
1: That's the description on the inside. You have,
0: no have no idea I mean no idea and I don't say that as tee hee I know something you don't know the reason why I didn't talk about it and I still don't talk about it but why I didn't talk about it when we were there is because if I would have people would have lost their jobs right. so that, again that's not heroic It's human. Would people on the fan page have jerked themselves off into a frenzy if I would have gone through and gone, sure. But you wouldn't have had Jim Hayes. You wouldn't have had Ken Strode. You never would have been hired. Pete would have been whacked. Seymour would have been whacked. Doug and I would have been sitting there talking to each other with, like, Lucas, the poor kid who was a (laughs) out for two days. That's what the show would have been because that's the way that the game was played. That's why I was always in the newspaper. Not me. The station's being sold to Tim McKernan. I'm going, is it really? You know, I mean, it's just we just had to just negotiate, by negotiate, I mean navigate a unique set of circumstances, which is why, going back to the earlier part of the conversation, I have such gratitude and I want to make sure I vocalize the gratitude for the situation we're in now because it was not that. And I know you got a... I'm glad you didn't go through I'm glad, any I'm glad for anybody who didn't go through it. Um, I, I, And so I think Tim asked a question. Uh, do I fear backlash or criticism? No, because it all—it's ha- the truth. What Martin said was the truth. Right. And Martin, when I mean, we got off the air, and I'm walking him out, and then he goes into a couple other stories. He goes, "People take credit for this happened and this happened. He goes, "I'm the one who made that happen." I go, "Oh, I know you did." <laughs> I go, "I'm well aware of the story, and I know, you know, I know that this that, that happened." Um, and he's got plenty of other stories that he he kept. So, the the Omerta is if you want to have trust, which is why producer Joe still, I mean, I haven't worked with him for a decade. It'll be a decade in March. And I still like, I could pick up the phone right now. Still like he texts into the show. And I know with that guy, and I don't know why, cause I, I can't, I can't tell you why. I just know that if he needs something, he knows I got him. And if I need something, I know he's got me. Mm-hmm. And that was just something that we lived through together. Once you kind of, like I said, bleed together for lack of a better term. Um, I think the thing that I don't know if I would say fucked it up because if it didn't happen, the show would have died. But the changed the game was when I took over as being the guy paying people's paychecks. And so now the dynamic it, in my mind, it didn't change. But I think for other people, it changed. Now I'm the quote unquote boss, even though I didn't fuck with people and I let them do their thing because I knew how annoying it was to have people fuck with my stuff. But. Sure. Um, But again, if I didn't do that, the show would have died. And so we did what we needed to do. Is it a shame that some of these guys are? Yes, it is a shame. It sucks. I mean, it sucks to have to to live through it. I've said a couple times in, in bullshitting with people about it. In a way, I go, God, how much better would life have been if we didn't have to go through all of this stuff? But at the same time, we wouldn't appreciate what we have now right. had we not gone through it. I uh, had a conversation with the CFO of Hubbard yesterday for 45 minutes, which wasn't planned. And then we wanted—they were in town. They are just going to each market. They have eight markets. And we wound up talking. And um, what a great guy, by the way. Uh, like a really just good guy, big sports fan, fan of—major appreciator of what TMA is. Um and we were talking about it. I said, the best way I can describe it is we went from playing for the Oakland A's to playing for the Yankees. And we're incredibly grateful because we didn't know what okay. it was like. But we weren't angry that we were playing for the A's. It's just, hey, we're still happy that we're playing baseball. Right. But it would sure as hell be awfully tough to go from the Yankees to the A's. But all we've ever known is... The A's to the Yankees, yeah. or the A's, excuse me, and playing in Oakland.
1: Yeah, you are the sum of your experiences. Your experiences shape who you are and what you have, and so to go without that, you don't get the appreciation. You don't get possibly the knowledge that you gain from shitty experiences like that. Right. So you are the sum of your experiences.
0: And I think even though it was, it truly was. And I think I don't know. I, I, I talk about writing something. I don't think I honestly don't think I will. I don't. And then by the time I even would do it. Most people be like, okay, I don't fucking care anymore. Who are they? who is this guy? You know, yeah. so who knows? But yeah, it's p- point being because of that stuff that we all did live through, there is an appreciation for the now. But also, there's another side to that because of all of the stuff that we lived through. I also, while appreciating now, feel like at any moment the other shoe drops. Right, right, right. Like, I don't go, okay, this is it. This is the happy ending. I go, this is the happy ending, and then in the final 30 seconds of the film, there's a little hint as to...
1: What's coming next, you know, and who knows, yeah.
0: And that's how, unfortunately, I live. And I hate that I live that way. It's not pleasant. I don't think I necessarily exude that to to you, Doug, or Iggy, or Plowhawk, but that's... I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I've said that to Tommy. I'm like, yeah, you're probably going to have to fire me. You know, but I think in St. Louis Sports Talk Radio, they think of firings and they think of somebody, like, fighting somebody. You know, firings are oftentimes, hey, we got to let you go. Right. Just whatever, revenue's down, and, you know, that that's, it's just, you know, that's the way that it goes. Fortunately for TMA, TMA is kind of its own thing, and we can pick it up and go do it somewhere else. But what has been so pleasant is after the trials and tribulations that Martin spoke to, certainly, uh, very colorfully, as he <laughs> is so talented as to do— yep. It is great to be appreciated, but the appreciation is not something that we need. It's wonderful that we are cited as this example for Hubbard now, but um, I just like not being fucked with. <laughs> 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 I, I don't need to be told that we're doing anything special because I because I feel like we're just five morons sit, sitting around bullshitting. So yeah. I don't think we are doing anything special. I just I just don't want to be fucked with, or I don't want my people fucked with. Yeah, that's you know. The
1: key. Yeah, 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 and and anytime I feel like especially in media, but in any job, like being happy, but also understanding that like things change and that it might not be like this forever is important kind of know... Because you're
0: appreciating it in the moment. Right. I think being, it's healthy.
1: Being present being appreciative in the moment is certainly key, but also keeping your head on a swivel and knowing that the future might not be as happy or, hey, it could be more happy. You never yeah. know. So understanding that I think is important as well as being happy in the moment.
0: Yeah. I, I just, you know... So when, when the question is, do do you feel a bond with the people that went through that stuff with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I hadn't seen Seamar, the Sea Monster, and yeah. I don't know how long. I guess I think his last year was 2018 and he came to the the year-end awards at Harpos mm-hmm. and even though we were we were bullshitting and then he on his own goes boy if we would have been doing this just a few years ago it would have been me carrying everything in and then said I'm like yeah and he goes i came in here and there were like 20 people working on it yeah, hustling hustling too and i go yeah and i and 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 so i'm grateful but yeah i can't help but for for Seymour He'd still be in the business, mm-hmm. and he is so good, and he's he's so good in such a unique way. With for TMA, he's almost he's, he's it's like a guy who's an incredible basketball player playing baseball. Because for TMA, his talents are you know wasted really because he's this ridiculous producer slash guest booker for a show that doesn't have guests and has no organization whatsoever. Right. Uh, Gangster Pete, Gangster Pete was passionate when he was hired. Passionate. I can still picture meeting with him the first time he had written for Inside STL years ago. I know he comes off as he doesn't give a fuck and all of that, but he was passionate. He was he was so excited when the, the one time I really was buying the station. Uh, he was so excited about that and the things that we were going to do, and I was going to give him more responsibility because he's a sharp guy. Even though we kind of joke about him, you know, working on a trash truck, uh, he's a sharp guy. I hate that Joe. At this point, it's been a decade, it's not like the wounds are fresh. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Um, and he thinks of it one way, but if he would have been in this, he would not have. He right. would have left. Right. You know, um, the cat certainly, Jennings certainly, Martin certainly, all the. I mean, the, the cat from my standpoint. You know, the people who have been on air on this show, who experienced the, I don't know, insanity. I guess. Um, we'll always have a, if we got together, you know, it, 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 it will be instant entertainment. If just la- You laugh at it. Yeah, right. But that's the thing about Doug that makes him like the ultimate co-worker is because I recall something, don't know what the fuck it was, it was a situation and I texted Doug and I'm like, oh God, is he going to be upset? And he goes, okay, just another stupid thing we have to deal with that we'll laugh about in two months. And I go, God, that's it, that's it, right there, that's it. Let me bottle that <laughs> attitude up and share it with everybody, because that is how people go. God, Doug was on for 30 plus years in television at the same place, and on radio now for 15 years, and you never hear about Doug Vaughn either getting fired or wanting to you know causing a problem. Well, that's because of that attitude. So there's talent. But there's also the manner with which you handle adversity, which sounds like something you'd read, like on a picture in an office building, you know, in a corporate (laughs) industrial park, you know, to jerk off people into conning them into thinking they're going to make, you know, a 2 percent raise at some point. But I can tell you it's a real thing because as somebody who's hired people and also watched people get hired or fired, uh, that is something that management absolutely pays attention. You want to get your your line off on Twitter or Dan Caesar's column. I mean, I hope it's worth it because everybody's paying attention, yep. and most people don't want that shit in their building. Which is one of the reasons why this place doesn't have bullshit with regards to people fighting each other. Or, you know that kind of stuff. That it's just it's a it's a happy group of of people who, in our case, they've just been incredibly just they just yeah. You guys do what you want to do It works. So why would we mess with it? I go, oh, it's <laughs> <That's> refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very basic. Yeah, but at the same time. Uh, it's incredibly true. I mean, I'm just going to play all the hits today. Let's Here, do it. JV Golf Coach.
1: Oh, I like that JV Golf Coach.
0: DM'd me. This may have already been covered, but knowing what you know now, do you wish the fan page had never been created? I mean, we are we're going Mount Rushmore wow, topics today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is the christening scene at the end of uh, <laughs> it's the baptism scene. Yeah, they're taking care of everybody.
0: <laughs> Additionally, has the fan page been more hassle than it's worth, or has it been responsible for some of the growth and success of the show? It's from the JV Golf Coach. Jackson, before I say a word, what are your thoughts? As as we are, what, the two admins, correct? Yeah, yeah. We get the notifications from Zuckerberg. We do. And,
1: you know, we we, we talk a lot about the fan. We poke fun at it and people who post on there too much. Um, but I can tell you, and I think coming here, opened my eyes more to it, it's a huge resource to have, what's there, 7,000 people on there, 7,000 people who, even if they don't listen to the show every day, are aware of the show and are fans and support uh, the sponsors and stuff like that, having them all in one place is a resource, a great resource, and something to be very appreciative of because I'm sure a lot of radio shows across the country, now just not just St. Louis, but everywhere, would love to have that resource so they could instantly reach out to maybe not 7,000 people who are checking their Facebook every day, but a large number of listeners at any moment.
0: I would agree. I think that when when it's been well, I mean, whatever it was, I feel like it was within the last year. It might have been within the last few months because I feel like I had to post something about, you know, some changing oh, the, rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my God, how much better has the experience been since we got rid of the politics? Oh, it's outstanding. I mean, that was it was every night we would get a notification. A notification. Yeah. I would wake up and do right around four or five in the morning, and there'd be like this post was moved. This post was removed. Yeah. And in the in the group quality, the group could get shut down. Yeah. So we had to make changes. Yeah. Um, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, very cliche, but you don't want to get rid of something because of a handful of problems. Something I've been hearing a lot lately, which is by no means cutting edge, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, I, you don't focus necessarily on what people think about you, you focus on what you think about them. Mm. And I think that comes just with time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if if not even Tommy Madden, who by definition is our boss, but if, I don't know even, you know, somebody who works at 101 ESPN and not necessarily like a, you know, industry veteran like Randy Carricker, you know, somebody who I respect who does it, like Anthony Stalter, for example, who's like a peer. He mm-hmm. uh, goes, hey, you know, I heard that. He goes, I know it's not my place, but I think that, I respect Anthony Stalter. He does what he does. He knows or what we do. He He's in the field. Mm-hmm. That's going to, you know, obviously a Joe Buck, something like that. If it's somebody who, you go, okay, I, this person is always shitting on, take your pick. Me, you don't really get shit on much. Me, Iggy, whatever. Whoever it is. Right. Plowboy, I feel like we're the three biggest <laughs> targets now that Doug isn't now that we're not talking politics although Martin made sure to bring it back today with QAnon Monthly or whatever it was that he saw was laying out in the lobby uh, that yeah yeah, they don't like me and it's one of those things that's tough to explain I've kind of had this conversation with KG and Mm O-Town because right now he's on the front end of it Yeah, but if you buy into the bullshit now when it's good you gotta buy into it it's bad ah Exactly. Yeah. And so it's a double-edged sword because right now he is beloved. Yep. Every motherfucker on this thing at one point was beloved. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you still are. I don't think you got the... Right. I
1: wasn't... I I started out ice cold because, like you said before, anytime anyone leaves, it's like the... Yes. The show sucks. This person's not going to work. They don't work. And then you eventually become more familiar with everything and changes.
0: And that will, I hope it doesn't happen for years and years and years, but inevitably it'll happen. Inevitably it will happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it'll be, yeah, the show's over, you know. And Mm -hmm. And I understand it because I saw it and lived it with Martin and then whoever else you would want to include in that over the years because at that point now you're including all the producers, you're including the cat, you're including producer Joe, board operators. Yeah hey, the bottom line is inevitably things change and people move on. Mm-hmm. And in most cases on TMA, on their own accord, um, like literally almost every single person who has ever been on the show. Uh, the cat had weird dynamics going on at that's mm-hmm. where it was an unfortunate set of circumstances that happened a whole hell of a lot that was a constant, not a constant, but it happened for real four or five times um and uh that was a that was a constant thing in willie springer and unless i'm missing that would be it and the cat situation was you know as the cat has been very vocal about him and john hadley so it's a group of people that have some shared experiences um and love the opportunity that we get to do this thing and make a living doing it right, um, most of us are doing pretty well with it. Uh, you know, Iggy portrays himself as living in squalor. I think it's done. I think I, Doug and I have talked about it. We don't know what's real, and what's not anymore. <laughs> it's like watching Jim Carrey and you know, Andy Kaufman. I don't know who's who anymore, right? Uh, and there's uh, was it Bob Zamuda? Was that the I don't know who's in <laughs> the today, singer. but I'm like. I think I know what he makes, and that's you know, yeah. know but but whatever. Either way, um, you know, I know for twenty four, you're in a nice spot, and I and I love it. I love that. Like I'm not coming over here until everybody gets more money. It's the truth. <laughs> that's It's not just going to be me. It's got to be everybody. Yep. So that's the way that it's, that it's got to be. And they, God bless them here. That was you know. So with all of that said. I've lived this, but I also know that everybody in the audience who's listening to this, or if you're posting on the fan page, you haven't lived it, so you don't know. And I can't be angry at somebody for not having my... Because my experience has been different than yours. Obviously, I have more time. Uh, They haven't had my experience, so I can't get angry about it. I think the thing on it that disappoints me, I guess disappoint... I make myself available to answer anything. There is no... Like, if you're asking for tickets, fuck off. But if you want to ask a question about the show, email me or DM me. I couldn't make myself more available. And instead, it's like, yeah, I'm hearing this. And then I'll even set the record straight. It's like, I don't believe that. The fuck? I mean, do you want me to, like, go on a lie detector? Do you want to, like, bet me $10,000 that I'm lying? I'll do whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, So that, that part, I don't know why that... How my credibility with some on that page has been called into question on some of these things, but I also, after a while, it's kind of like it's it's the cost of doing business. So what do you do? Do you get? Do you just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it comes with it. So I think, and understandably, again, because most people have never been in this spot, and now I can never go back to being kind of the way I was before I started doing this stuff. Even in TV, I didn't have an idea. I I can't go back to what it was like to to, to have never sat on the side of the desk of signing the paychecks. Mm -hmm. Once you have had those experiences, your perception changes. There are some guys on there, for example, who have fought in the military. They have perceptions of issues that I can't possibly relate to, but I know this, they fucking did it, so I'm sure as hell going to give their opinion on the topic a little bit more credibility than mine when I haven't done it. So, you know, I, uh, that as an example, right. a professional athlete, I mean, Edmonds, when I used to do the show with him and I'd be like all worked up about the top goes, well, the truth is we can't really talk about it because we don't, or we can't, we don't know because we're not in the clubhouse and it would be so simple and I'd go, God, he's a hundred percent right. But you'd essentially just blew up the entire sports talk radio <laughs> I was about industry. to say,
1: like, that's <laughs> like, if you're like that, you're right, but also like, we got to make a living here. Dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So I get it. I, I. I would prefer that people, if they wonder about something, to ask me. But I think if you don't like me or you don't like something on the show, it's more fun to just operate in what the actual narrative is as opposed to the actual
1: truth. Speculation land.
0: Yeah. Like, like for example, I don't really care to have guests on TMA, even though I know I could ask them questions, because in my mind I'd be like, ah, they can't really tell me everything. You see what I'm saying? So I understand why people would go, oh, you can't. You can't go into detail on topics because you got to protect it. That was, that was really the case in a major way from 2016 to 2021. It really was. It truly was. Because if I did say something or if anybody else said something, they would get whacked. And so... The only way to get through it, and I had a contract that took me through 2021, and I had that contract going back to 2016. So I had to live through 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Okay, and I won. I said, "I'll I'll leave. You can you can keep the money." By the way, I'm. I'll leave. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna sign you an extension, big man. Okay, well then okay then i guess i'll be here through the end of 2021 you know and so but i'll just i'll just mind my p's and q's because i don't want people to lose their jobs right. again doesn't make me heroic i don't want praise it doesn't deserve praise if you were in my spot you would have done the same thing if doug were in my spot he would have done the same thing i don't think twice about it it's just you weren't in my spot right and so you don't know and that's the difference and so i'd I don't need like i said earlier about hubbard and, and what we like about it i don't want to be praised at all i'm just a fucking you know guy who wants to be left alone and play golf and have threesomes uh but um yeah we 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 had to deal with some shit and i think I, for whatever reason i always go back to this jackson i think when it was published what my what my contract was that was when my relationship with a part of the audience changed. It's also when not necessarily a bunch of people in St. Louis media, a couple, uh, and you can guess who they are, even though I know you know who they are, so you're not guessing, but I suppose in the audience, uh, had a lot of envy as opposed to, like, oh man, that's good. We now know that, that you can make that much money doing this is great. You should be happy. It's like if, if whoever signs a huge contract right. and you're another ball player, so that's a marketplace. Oh, fuck, this is great. Yeah. You won it. Like the Rizzuto show, I don't go, motherfucker. I'm like great for them that that thing has the success that it has, and in, in Rizzuto. when he comes in at 3 a.m. and he busts his ass, and he like, you know those. So I sit there and I think about that moment as being the moment that changed for a portion, and I, and I think that's where like the unrelatable stuff came from, and then it became oh I can't necessarily publicly show my support for Tim because then I'm kissing ass of the guy who is the guy. And it's not cool to be associated with the guy. It's not cool to be supportive of the guy. The cool thing is to kind of show that I'm willing to stand up to the guy, even though the guy doesn't really give a shit if you stand up to him (laughs) again. I want to play golf, have threesomes, and be left alone. So you can critique me all you want, but just know I'm actually the one who's lived it, and I'm more than happy to tell you. Um, When it comes to the stuff at KFNS or with Dan Marshall or with the stuff before that, I don't go into it because it's like it's over and there's no need to spike the football I'd rather go Barry Sanders and just hand the football to the official and let people if they think that we lost be my guess if they think that we won be my guest the people who actually matter know the truth and I suppose that's what I mean and by matter I mean the ones who we're working for here that's what I mean by that but anybody who ever wants to engage in that conversation I'm more than happy to have it it just isn't the way um, I feel like it's if I can say I say it and it, it, it doesn't matter there was one time the plowhawk got fired I say there was one time it happened multiple times, <laughs> March of 2019 a real low point because I was leaving Jupiter heading back to st. Louis um, after being down there for two months always depressing and the night before I believe the plowhawk got fired again and a guy overnight posted and just laid it into me and blamed me, which I if anything, I kind of appreciated it because he said what I could tell was not being said. Uh, I was getting I blamed. You, say, you see yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he's apologized to me a hundred times, I'm like, hey, at least you have the balls to say it. I mean, I kinda <laughs> respect that. Yeah. Uh and and then I wrote a response explaining everything. And it's like it's just like it was like it might as well have just been written on a you know, yeah, on, Twitter account with yeah. like three followers. Yeah. I'm like, I just told you guys yeah. Everything that happens, this is what you're looking
1: for. this right is, this is what you're looking for and... and
0: it's like I guess it doesn't fit with the narrative. It's like right. the first time I talked about paying for the cat's salary to bring him back in 2017 and offering to pay my uh, more money again to bring the plowhawk back in 2019. And I it, well, that doesn't necessarily fit the narrative. And then I had a friend of mine who went golfing with a bunch of guys and then they went to Dalhousie and he goes, I didn't know what to make of it, but they were all sitting there shitting on you. And I go, yeah. I said, I don't know what to say. He goes, it was really weird. (laughs) I "I don't know. I can't, I, you know. It's, it's, so so what's your choice if you're in my spot on that stuff? You shut the fan page down? Fuck no, because 99% of the people are great. Bingo. So you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's what I mean by that. And as you said, it is wonderful to be able to communicate.
1: Yeah, it's a huge resource. With
0: the audience when it's not, Twitter, where it's people just creating burner accounts right. who are there to just try and start shit.
1: Right. It's real people interacting with real people. It's not the morning after STL, Twitter, or Instagram account right. interacting with people on burners. It's me, Jackson Burkett, Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, Darren Atkins, talking to the actual with, people. Right. And that's huge. Such a huge right.
0: resource. So, so, so it's not that. And then you go, well, you don't like it. Well, then what's your choice? You can stop. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. But, I mean, I love doing this show. I love doing this show, too. hmm And I'm not going to just stop because cause this is this is part of the game. If you, and I realize how many people are actually going to get into this business, but part of getting into this business is catching hell. Mm-hmm. Gangster Pete on his last day, what did he tell you? I love this little fun fact for no one to tell that Gangster Pete told you his counsel.
1: You cannot worry about the opinions of people who do not know you personally.
0: Right. And and that is, that, that should have been taught at Missouri Journalism School. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the thing about it is I'm grateful for it all because you can't pick and choose. Mm-hmm. It comes with the territory. If right. you get a show that has a following, getting your ass lit up by strangers, and sometimes not strangers, but most of the time it's people creating anonymous accounts because, you know, they're very tough, is, is this experience. This is what comes with it. If you start to do well in this business, it, this is what comes with it. It's just the way that it is. And the best way to handle it from my standpoint is to just fucking ignore it. Yeah. Which sounds terrible because it's like, you know, the sticks and stones will break my bones is what it sounds like. I don't say it necessarily that way because then it's, then it's a little rhyme for a, a, you know, 10-year-old. I say it this way. You can't win. Yeah. You, you cannot... Remember Burt Kaufman when I was dealing with the uh, Jack Clark, Albert Pujols thing and there were people saying things that were 100% factually wrong. And he goes, Well, Tim, you know, you can't win an argument with a liar. And I go, What do you mean? He goes, With well, a liar, well, it'll just always lie. So you can't win. And I go, God, this mother, he's like Yoda. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he's the same. And I'm like, He's 100% right. And it just and kind of gave me peace. I'm like, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why,
0: why, like, why even why even yeah. argue with the person who says, I just, and then he's also the same one who said, Well, I just always find myself, I don't want to waste time on something that has no upside. And I go, Oh, God. Two for two. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm, 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 and it's been a decade yeah. since that, and I go, I still use those things. Like, what is the upside? And now, a lot of people around me think the same way. And I didn't come up with it. Bert Kaufman came up with it. Like, I know my wife. thing. Like, I go, Yeah, I mean, I can do that. But what? What do we get out of it? If I, like, what's the point? Like, yeah. I get gonna get that rush of gratification for doing it. But who fucking cares? Like, exactly. I'm gonna get a one liner off on Twitter. What am I gonna do with that? We gonna pay the mortgage with that? Fuck off.
1: Right. And it could end up damaging 100 percent So yeah, it's I heard I heard some very similar. What Burke Kaufman said on a TV show is like, you can't argue with like bad people or liars because they'll take you down to their level and they'll beat you with experience. And so there's no point of even doing it. You know, you can't win. You're exactly right. There's nothing that you could say out there. People are gonna be like, well, there it is. You know, victory. You know, give you a check mark not how it works.
0: You just let it... Well, the people who celebrate that are also the people who are still at that, that same kind of level. Right. Oh, do you see how... Like, troll used to be a negative. Now it's considered a... a yeah, pod. No, do you see a how a, a, of a, honor. The, the Florida Gators account trolled the Florida State account? I go, wow, that's... nice. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Um, but... But I've, I've said this about two people who I know, and we've talked about a little earlier in the podcast, Joe Buck and Artie Lang. When Joe, yeah. have you seen that segment? I mean, you were 11 when it happened in 2009. I've seen
1: a picture of, like, the screenshot. Of, oh, you of... really
0: ought to watch that segment on YouTube. Holy wow. shit. Joe couldn't win, not because Artie's quicker than him. Joe's quick as fuck. Right. Joe couldn't go down where Artie could go and play. And that is my analogy for Twitter. Yeah. I, you, how do you how do you beat a burner? Yeah, exactly. You're not you're so not playing playing on the same field. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. Just, it just it impacts in no way. But here's the thing, and that's why I keep saying you're so dangerous because you're learning all of this stuff not just from me, from Doug, from some great people around this building Absolutely. at 24 mm-hmm. to kind of go, yeah, I I, I might not necess- this might not be the way I necessarily feel because a lot of it is human nature to resent it and want to respond. But you know from people who have lived it and you have the demeanor to be calm, to listen to that, to not engage because even though you may want to engage, you know because you've been told there's just no, there's no upside. So you handle it. The right way which I would imagine most people at 24 not because people at 46 are better but just because I at 24 would have
1: you're more you're more impulsive 100 and trust me there's been time where boy would no, nothing, sure. nothing be sweeter. but you're right you instant would gratification it. exactly there's no... write
0: the email out don't hit send yeah I can't I can't speak enough of write the email out and don't hit send yeah big big advocate of that one now, that was one that I, I've now since seen people talk about and I didn't know at the time But uh, to just, if you want to get it out, get it out. Right. But then don't allow it to take you down. So, you know, with regards to the fan page, you know, I I think people keep telling me, oh, you have burners on there and you guys don't, you know, you talk about not letting burners on there. I mean, we'll, we'll do as much of a check as you would like us to do. But I don't, I don't, for me with it, if I'm going to be reading things that are negative, I just don't read it. That's the way I handle it. Mm-hmm. So now when people go, oh, I know that like Gary Pankhurst, I just don't read it. And I go, oh, he's full of shit. There's not a doubt in my mind he didn't read it now. Now I kind of, yeah, because number one, it's going to be negative. Yeah. And like I was saying with like the analogy with KG and town for example, if you're going to buy in when it's good, then you got to buy in when it's bad. Right. So that's number one. And then number two, the people who are saying it, and they're not doing anything wrong. I mean, when we're sitting here pontificating on Missouri football, we don't know what the fuck's going on. We just don't. And we're giving our surface-level opinion of watching it on television like the other people, but there might have been an injury. There might have been—who knows? So he also would be reading the opinions of people who don't know. But you can't be mad. If anything, you should be grateful that they're fans. And that is how I would describe myself with reading stuff about the show. But if I know it's going to be negative— why would I, right. and it has zero impact on yeah, the show. Right. Like, why would I then subject all, myself to yeah. reading something that's going to be negative or, or something that's just a, a false narrative? So, so, I don't but you want people to be engaged. The moment people don't give a shit is the moment you have a show that is going to be on life support and then eventually will die. So that's why I keep going to. It's the cost of doing business and I am comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Do I enjoy it all? No but I also recognize it's the cost of doing business. Do I enjoy paying my mortgage? No. Do I like having a house more? Yes, therefore I shall pay the mortgage. Yep. And that is how I would describe the analogy to the people who haven't necessarily been in the spot. And many of you have the same set of circumstances with your careers, plenty of things that you probably don't like or people you don't like, but you just have to navigate it. Our shit just plays out in public and then yeah. has been written about like it's a soap opera, when in reality it's just motherfuckers are just doing a show and it isn't as dramatic as it can get written about. Yeah. But that's what Randy Carricker said <laughs> he, were you in the studio today when he said no, that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. He was in there. I think Carrie might have been in there and Rocky was in there as we were going in to do the 101 show. And he goes, you know, minus boom and boom. He goes, everybody in St. Louis Sports Media is just like a good person who doesn't cause any drama and there's really never And I go, yeah. And I said, I would tell Dan Caesar that when he would call I go, Dan, you, you think that there's something there? And in reality, it's just it's just guys who, you know, you know, probably should have majored in something different when they were 19 or 20. Who are now just talking off in St. Louis? You know, I mean, it's they're, they're, nobody's like you know really yeah. look at. It's just not as titillating yeah, it's as not this reality TV show. Right? Shows. Like, I mean, we, we walk be... in, we never hang out with each other, and we all, I think, support each other. Right. And would if something got if one got fucked with, they're fucking with all five. Mm-hmm. But it it in a professional business like this. It's just a, it's an office that we're grateful to be at, but we're just doing our jobs. It's not all that titillating. I suppose that kind of ruins it by saying it, (laughs) but it's just not. Right. So, you know, I'm grateful. That, that'd be my overwhelming theme. I know I'm going to die. I think it's healthy for me being a fucking mess to have a death clock because it'll motivate me. Uh, I want threesomes. I don't think it's happening at all. I really don't think it's happening, Jackson. i got to be honest. You're going to have a threesome before I have a threesome anytime soon. Well, I sure hope so. I, I'm bullish on that. And I think you're going to have sex in Jamaica. Ooh. I really do. Um, what else did we cover here? What, this is like when Stern wraps up an interview. Okay, let's go through this. You said it all. Uh, what was the second question? Oh, Timmy recaps here. Yeah. Oh, like the Martin segment today. No, that wasn't. He asked, is it therapeutic triggering or a little bit of both? It's wonderful because I sit there and I go, I know this guy because I don't know if you saw the texts that were coming. It's like, oh, my God, bring Martin back. Martin doesn't want to do it. Martin doesn't want to get up. Yeah, That's why Martin left in 2006, that and Barrett. But he didn't hate Barrett. He hated that Barrett would, like, send the long emails on Fridays and then, like, jump, you know, criticize. And that's what he hated. But he didn't want to get up. He's doing TV. Could he do radio? I asked him that, as a matter of fact, when we were leaving, not about doing our thing, but I'm just like, I would imagine that... And he goes, oh, yeah, they asked, but, you know. Uh, It's just not what he, at this moment, wants to... Maybe he will. He certainly was interested in doing it when we brought him on board, and I guess that was 2017. And he loves giving me shit about bringing him on board because, as you heard, his thoughts on that experience. Um, But, no, I mean, now, nearly 20 years after that thing, this thing started... I mean me and Martin and the cat and Doug and you and Joe and Iggy and the plowhawk and sea monster and I'm probably unintentionally leaving people out which gangster I don't want Pete. to gangster Pete uh, we all have kind of this bond mm-hmm. and it, it was not that's not why we did it we did it because it was a job and we had fun and then it wound up becoming successful and it will wind up dying by the way i hope i'm not ruining this for anybody but this thing will end uh but we got to experience it and we were lucky to get to sit with people we really liked and i think respected and got paid to do it holy fuck when i was caddying at old warson in 1998 i remember thinking to myself i caddied for joe buck one time and i thought to myself god all i want to do is call cardinal games and in the morning i'll play golf even though i didn't really play golf at the time I thought, i'll play golf and then i'll go call the cardinal. that's all i want to do and I kind of wound up getting to do it just in the inverse. Right, right. You know, Talk I do the about show. The game. And then I then I and play, play golf. golf. Yeah. If it ended today, that's why I'm, like, I'm not saying it is a brag. I'm trying to convey gratitude because I'm sure a lot of people would go, God, you guys are so lucky you get to do this. And if any, that might be where some of the anger comes from out of envy that we get to sit around and fuck off and clearly not do a lot of work, you know, <laughs> yeah. on the front end of it. But I am incredibly grateful that we had two decades of it so if it ends in you know if today was the last show and i don't say that for effect it's just that's where i am um and so sitting there with martin is a reminder my god i have worked with some talented motherfuckers you know i have worked with some talented motherfuckers and i am incredibly grateful for that and then when we're working here for some quality people who know the business on top of being quality people you're just grateful for it. all while knowing that at some point I'll listen back to this podcast and I'll be in a ball in the fetal position weeping because we at one point did have it so good. Yeah. But while it's so good, I think it's important to acknowledge that it's good and that you have gratitude. Yep. So there it is. Jackson, you didn't you didn't expect this today, did you?
1: No, no, but uh, you know we got we got dark, we, we came out of the darkness, uh, unscathed. and uh, i'm happier that we did it and i think it's great i think these conversations are important and they're super to an extent therapeutic
0: god bless america there it is thank you to the sponsors who make it possible the home ryan kelly uh i've worked with him a couple of different times gotten pre-approved refinanced the home do you have to piss really badly
1: no i dropped the keyboard below my feet above my legs or just fell onto my fucking feet god did that hurt (laughs)
0: It really hurts? I didn't what? hurt that bad. I mean, it's probably a three pound keyboard. Well, it's
1: connected to a piece of metal that from 1985, right. and it hit me square on the I did top. Hear something of feet. go down over there. That yeah, was this damn keyboard I got to deal with.
0: Uh, then also, uh, James Carlton. Once you uh, get your home with Ryan Kelly, get insured with the great James Carlton Three one four nine six one forty eight hundred. 961 Go online at carltoninsurance.net. And um, I already mentioned Marcana of Greenwell Strategies. Get a financial advisor. But I'll tell you. You'd say, okay, what do you do at 24 years old that you weren't doing then that you do now? Financial advisor. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's that. Immediately, it goes to mind. Uh, and then also Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, DesignAirService.com. dot com. And Munganess just got a new car from the great people at Munganess St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganess, Munganess St. Louis Acura. People got more than they bargained for in today's QFTA. Boy, I mean, me. we. I mean, these. This could have been three separate episodes. Yeah, for real. So what do we do? What, what do we talk? Enta- oh, we talk about death. Death. Um, Martin's appearance. Martin's appearance, and whether or not it's therapeutic or triggering. Yeah. And yeah. then the whether page. or not we regret the fan page's existence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a.
1: This is the baptism. This is bad the baptism, baptism scene. See, yeah.
0: Mo Green took a shot in the eye. Right in the eye. Bazzini. Yeah. Tataglia. Yeah. They're all gone, Carlo.
1: That that poor that Carlo is so bad in that scene. <laughs> God, Michael or Al Pacino's acting circles around that poor bastard. Who still goes on the Yeah, yeah, he goes. It's like kind of sad. I know, I know. I
0: remember Frank uh, came in. You just got to see Martin's impression. So now mine will be. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know like Martin's so good. Hey, uh, you guys saw so we have uh, we have
0: the guy who played Carlo coming up today. On he's coming on. Like, he's he's alive and he's going to be on. it And then I thought to myself, what the fuck's he doing on your show? Like if you are in The Godfather, I'd yeah, be thinking, right? Yeah, that's
1: like all. Of the, and then we saw in The Offer who the guy who actually played Carlo ended up. How they portrayed him yes. in the, in the offer. not in the
0: highest of esteem. No, no, not at all. There it is. QFTA is in the books. I think we gave the people a lot of meat today. I think we did.
1: Boy, yeah. But they, they'll they still be hungry for more, and that...
0: That's when we come back. That's when we like come Jordan. back. Like uh, Jordan. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show from the Expert.com studios.